Good morning, LinkedIn. Good morning, Robert. How are you doing today? Good morning, LinkedIn. Good morning, Doreen. You know, Doreen, today, 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 I think I'm just going to drop out of college. <laughs> are you still in college, though? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I'm going to enroll just so I can drop out. How so I, you can drop out, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So hello, beautiful people, and welcome to Good Morning LinkedIn. Every Saturday morning, join, join us live to discuss about the latest trends in the workplace, and God knows <laughs> how many uh, trends have been on and off in the past few years, few months, even few weeks. But we talk also about topics, you know, that matters to our professional and personal development. And today, today, hey, <laughs> listen, we are asking, we are asking you a, a a very, very important question. Have college degrees become obsolete? And if we are asking you the question today, it's because apparently the newest and the latest uh, trend in the workplace is skills-based hiring, where recruiters are looking more for your skills rather than your degree. So what do you think about this trend, Rob? What's happening in the world again? You know, so... Here in the U.S., there have been some states that have actually dropped college degree requirements from some jobs that they've been posting. Now, Walmart and Amazon dropped college degree requirements for certain jobs, too, which means that companies are now looking at what skills do you bring to the table? Now, don't get me wrong. There are still some some professions that require a college education. Let's not get confused. I would love for my doctor to have classroom experience as well as real world experience. But even if you look at the medical profession, think about it. Most doctors do what's called a residency, meaning they're training under other doctors while they're also in school. So they're getting that real world experience. I think the big problem is a lot of us go to school for something and we don't get experience in that something that we go to school for. And on the other hand, there are certain things that we have degrees for that may not require a college education. For example, cybersecurity. You can go yeah. get a certificate in cybersecurity and really be on the job in six months. True. True. And, you know, on top of that, oftentimes and most of us and let us know if you can relate. That was definitely my case. I don't know about you, Rob, because, you know, uh, being an auditor. Uh, uh, requires, you know, some specific uh, degrees, I guess, and experience and skills, of course. But for my part, I went to university and I didn't build a career in, in what <laughs> I went to university for. And I know many of you can relate. So when you look at it from this perspective, what's the point of going to university or college and getting a degree if finally down the line you don't build a career in what you went to school for? That's a real question. Yeah, yeah, that is the real question. And so for me, my degree is in accounting. So to do that, I think you do need to go to college for that. But let's just say, for example, all of the things that you and I are doing on social media, Doreen, mm -hmm. yeah. I think experience is better for that. We, we don't need a degree in social media marketing or social media management. We just oh. don't. 
100%. And especially everything that we share on social media comes from our lived experiences, right? Professional and personal lived experiences. And that's what we share with you on social media. And on, on, on some occasion, that's that's we decide to focus on one area to coach you or to provide you trainings and insights, you know, for to help you uh, develop certain skills, but not based on what we learned in school, but based on our lived experiences. So when you look at the data, actually, it is very uh, um, interesting because um, skills skills based hiring is now. Uh, one of the top workplace trends in the U.S. And according to Test Gorillas, the state of skills-based hiring in 2022 report, so very recently, 76%, listen to this, 76% of employers use some skills-based hiring to find new talent with almost 55% using role-specific skills tests. And to me, it makes sense. It makes way more sense than all the HR uh, process and you know procedures that used to 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 be in place before. Ah, so the stats don't lie, right? Seventy six percent of employers are using skills based hiring to find new talent. That's mm. huge. <laughs> that is and huge. It is huge, and it is also evident that the shift is accelerating. Right after the the the. It's been, what, three years now? We have been in a turmoil of crisis after crisis. And this shift is accelerating given that a growing number of professionals don't need a degree to perform their jobs, I would just said. But on the other side, a lot of companies face a shortage, a shortage of uh, employees because they don't find qualified candidates or candidate, candidate, candidates, or maybe on the other side because they don't provide, you know, an uh, um, healthy workplace culture, but that's another conversation. So, oh, yeah. So th there are many things to take into consideration into today's conversation, but we really we want to really focus on the skills based hiring uh, trend. You know what's the benefits to the company, but also on the other side, what it means to you as uh, an employee is that you have to keep up with your skills on a regularly basis. So I do believe on one side, you know, it's it, it brings a lot of benefits to. Uh, the workplaces and the process on and all, but on the other side, it puts so much pressure on individuals, uh, you know, to ensure the, the upskills, uh, their competencies in order to stay relevant and stay employed to the job market. So that's what we're going to cover today. Yeah. So, so let's talk about this, Doreen, though, because skills-based hiring has some benefits to the organization and then as employees there are certain things that we can do to stay relevant so let's talk about how skills-based hiring can benefit the employer first yep so but before we dive into those let's welcome our uh, audience to the show here i don't see uh, the name i don't know if you can see it rob but someone is saying in the field of payroll, designations have has become option two, while experience is now option one for the basic payroll role for some employers. See? And I believe that's something that wouldn't have been possible <laughs> a couple of years ago, right? Uh, yes. Victoria here says, 
um, social media trends change so fast that a degree would become irrelevant very quickly. True. Very quickly. And it, even in the workplace, right, in the workforce and in the new jobs that are being created. So now with AI, people are scared that they will lose their jobs. But then we are here telling them, no, AI won't replace you. But the people who know how to leverage AI will replace you, right? So yep. this is exactly what we mean by you need to keep up with trends in order to stay relevant to the workplace because what is true now might no longer be relevant six months from now, right? So trends change quickly and so it it, it drives the potential for you, for us as individuals, as professionals to, be, to become irrelevant uh, quick, quickly um, as well. Gail, hello, Gail, and welcome. Our regular friend, Gail, she says, in the Caribbean, the majority of companies require not only first degree, but master's. What about the person that got their degree in 1995 and here we are in 2023? Right, yeah, that, that master's degree might be kind of stale right about now. Yeah. That was a, yeah. a little, a little, a little while ago, and a lot of things have changed <laughs> since nineteen ninety-five. Uh, uh, um, hello, Andrew, also who is joining us from San Francisco's uh, San Francisco, and he says, "I'm a bit worried of ageism, so I don't put my graduation dates on my resume." Who? So hold on a minute. Let's let's address that comment here because this is a very good one. Uh, what do you like to say, Rob? And I will leave it to you. This is not about age. This is about stage. Right. You you know, that's my quote. It's not about your age in life. It's about your stage in life. And, and I find it interesting, too, when the ageism question pops up, because it goes back to skills based training. Forget the person's age. What have they done? So, you know, for example, I'll be 50 this year. I make no qualms about that. I don't care telling my age. So when people ask about my speaking ability, my presentation ability, I tell them I have four podcasts and I don't not only write for, I'm the on-air personality. And for three of them, not this one, Doreen runs the stuff behind the scenes on this one, but for the other ones, I'm the on-air personality and I'm behind the scenes too, which means what? I can keep up with current technology. My website where I sell courses that I've developed, I filmed them, shot them, edited all the video, but I built the website and I am the cybersecurity person on the website. So let's see. I think I can do a pretty good job of keeping up with current technology and people who are coming fresh out of school trying to do what I do as well. So it's not about the age in life. It's about the stage in life. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that to the conversation, uh, uh, Andrew, because you are not the only one. Right. Uh, and and I really uh, like Robert's perspective on this one, because let me tell you, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a millennials. But when it comes to technology, Robert is my go-to, okay? <laughs> you would think the otherwise, but no, he is my go-to. He is my advisor, <laughs> okay? So, I'm with you, Gail. <laughs> so now let's get back to uh, today's topic. So have college degrees become irrelevant? That's the conversation we are, we are, we are uh, having, and we are looking at it from a perspective of and looking at the latest workplace trend, which is skills based hiring and so we are going to cover the benefits for the company before looking at ways we as individuals can stay relevant also to the workplace so the first benefit to the company rob 
the first benefit to the company is you have better quality candidates. Think about it. When a company hires the wrong person, it's very costly. As a matter of fact, research by Dr. Bradford Smart, author of Top Grading, estimated that the cost of bad hires ranges from 5 to 27 percent, the amount of the person's actual salary. Yet, when companies implement a skills-based hiring, the quality of candidates also increases. Now, according to Test Gorilla, 92% of companies have seen a reduction in their quote-unquote mishire rate, with 44% of those companies reporting a decrease of more than 25% in their mishire rate. So, using skills-based hiring improves the quality of the candidates and the quality of the employees that you have. Why? Because they can do the job that you've hired them for. They, they've had tangible results in doing that job. And, and you know, the thing on a resume, you can lie. And a lot of people lie, right? You can say that you have this degree, you have done this, you have been there because I have never been, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I have never been in my entire life to an interview where people ask me to show them my degree you know like honestly and truly i could say i have a degree in this and put it on on paper no one has ever asked me now there is specific industries of course where <laughs> it is better for you to get that degree and that you may be required to prove that you have to showcase that degree but most of the time it is not the case. So think about it when it comes to skills-based hiring. It's about looking at, is this person has the competence to do the job? That's it. That's that's all. And it could be as simple as that. And it should have been as simple as that a long time ago. Ooh. So here we have, ooh, we have a Roberto. Hello, Roberto. That's a good um, comment. Okay, I will let you read it because I cannot read it in full on the screen. He says, I believe college degrees don't become obsolete, but some college and university programs are irrelevant, mm -hmm. useless, and unsustainable to society. I believe young people must know how to choose university degrees to face the future. Some folks just go to college without perspectives, orientation, and university plans. Perhaps they should have done something different. For instance, some PhDs are useless. Now... I agree with the vast majority of that comment. I do. I don't think your degree necessarily becomes obsolete, but I think if you haven't upskilled since you've gotten your degree, then you do become fairly useless in the workplace. For example, I have a degree in accounting. I'm a certified public accountant. And now everybody's talking about artificial intelligence in the accounting field. So if I didn't know anything about AI, my degree is still my degree, but because I didn't upskill, it could become, well, useless. Now, to Robert's bigger point about some university programs being useless, absolutely. I spent 15 years in the higher education industry, and it was a conversation that we would have a lot. Some degrees should not be offered, but yet kids keep enrolling in them and they make the universities money. So some universities don't get rid of those degree programs. Now, I see that Doreen has exited and we've lost her. So I'm assuming that, ooh, she temporarily lost internet connection or something. Now she's back. Here we go. 
I'm here. I, 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 about... just, I just put the spotlight on you. I was trying a few things and I put the spotlight oh, on you. My oh, friend. my bad. My bad. <laughs> I was about to go through the spill that I was going to be alone for a little bit until Doreen came back. My bad. I'm sorry. I'm you were giving here. me the spotlight. I'm not used to having the spotlight. <laughs> Ooh, you should get you should get used to it because it's going to happen more often than you think, especially mm. now that you are standing out from the crowd. Hmm? Ooh, ooh, ooh. I know somebody that's an expert in standing out from the crowd, though. Okay, so benefits to the company, though. Benefits yes, company. yes. Number two, it reduces the cost. It reduces the cost to of hiring, right? When recruiting based on skills, you fill vacancies faster, right? That means the total cost of advertising and marketing, the position is reduced, and also candidates hired in this manner require a little to no training because you have hired them based on their skills, right? Which saves time and time and money during the onboarding process. So that's an easy one. That's a, a stretch to the point one, but we thought it was important to uh, mention it now. The next one is even more interesting because benefits, one of the benefits to the company is that it improves in uh, retention rate. And we know nowadays how turnover is high in most companies and how it is an issue for most companies. So listen to this. According to McKinsey, okay, hiring for skills is five times more predictive of job performance than hiring for education and more than two times, more than two times more predictive than hiring for work experience. Ooh, that one is a big one. So employees without college degrees also tend to stay in their roles 34% longer than those with the degrees. Ooh, that, those numbers are interesting. What do you think, people, about it? Let me get back to it because, yeah, 34% of employees without a college degree stay longer than those, those with a degrees. That, that one is very, very interesting. What do you think about it, Rob? You know, so I have a theory. Um, Uh-oh, Doreen's looking like here he is with a the theory again. No, <laughs> but, but in all seriousness, I, I have a theory. So when you apply the concept of skills-based hiring, Think about this. We tend to do things that we like. And if we have developed a skill set, it means that we like doing it. And if a company hires us based on our skills and now we get to go to work every day and apply that skill, that means we like what we're doing. And if we like what we're doing and the culture at the company is good, too, of course, we're going to stay longer. That's just common sense. Mm -hmm. So you take people doing things that they enjoy, you take a company culture that is good, too, and you allow them to do the things that they enjoy while making you money and making them money. Well, it's a isn't win -win. that just a good mix? Yeah. It's a win-win. When you, when you look at it and the way you put it, uh, Rob, is really obvious that it is a win-win and it can be very simple. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I want to thank also Garcia because I couldn't see her name earlier, but Garcia Hanson Francis, who is a, a payroll professional also, uh, she, she, she shared that, you know, now having your designations um, has become option too, as long as you are skilled in what you do, you have the priority, which is good. Which brings us to our next point. Oh, here... Ooh, benefits to the company, a more diverse workplace, a more diverse workplace. 
the cost of a college education has increased 25% in the last 10 years. That seems low. Ooh. But but as a result, career paths that require a four-year degree remain inaccessible for millions of Americans who can't afford it. However, skills-based hiring furthers workplace diversity, equity, and inclusion by opening doors for people who otherwise couldn't afford to go to college. Right. So now, now. On the flip side, it does put more pressure on employees to stay up to date and to upskill regularly in order to stay relevant. Exactly. As I said earlier, you know, this is this is um, I believe this is a positive trend that is happening and we haven't seen a positive trend happening in a long time in the workplace. And we have covered many of them in this show. Uh, but I think it's, it is one of the very few positive uh, trends that is happening. But on the other side, I do believe that it puts more responsibility the way it should be anyway on the employee side, but also more pressure on the employee side, because it means that you have to stay up to date with the latest trends, with what's happening, with the new practice, new tools within your industry that you need to learn in order to stay relevant. And the, 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 the easy example here and the most popular example, once again, is AI. A lot of people complain about AI. A lot of people are scared about AI, but AI won't replace you. Yes, AI can do a lot of things, but at the end of the day, you will be replaced by those who decided not to be scared of AI, but who decided to learn about AI and to leverage it as part of their uh, job, uh, uh, as part of their career progression, right? So you have to take ownership and responsibility with the fact that, yes, we live in a society that is changing at a fast pace. Uh, that can be a lot of pressure and a lot of stress. But at the but on the other side, this is your responsibility to stay relevant, right? If the company you work for don't do, doesn't offer you that opportunity to uh, upskill yourself or to upscale your skills, then this is your responsibility to do it. Because at the end of the day, if you are no longer relevant to the company, they will simply replace you, right? It it is that that simple. So let's take a look at. Um, uh, ways you can stay relevant and we can stay relevant and employed uh, for some Ooh. of us. So Doreen, Doreen, yes. let, let's talk about this for a minute. And I'm going to give a really good example here because we have a Psalm who asked a really good question. He said, how to show your skills to hires. Ooh. Now, if you look, my man, Garen Bellini is in the audience. Garen Bellini said, good morning to us. I want to talk about how to show employers your skill. Garen does what's called user-generated content. Now, Garen is probably one of, be one of the best in the game. Seriously, this man can, oh man, this man can whip together a commercial for somebody that looks so good. His LinkedIn profile shows potential employers his ability. I just asked him in the chat what his degree is in. He said, what did he say? Let me get back to it. A Bachelor of Commerce with a marketing degree. Now, I don't, I don't, I'm pretty sure in that marketing degree, they didn't teach him how to film and shoot and edit video. But when you watch this dude's user-generated content, I would hire him if I was selling something. So as, a, as just a one big thing, 
you show employers what you can do by showing employers what you can do. <laughs> but Thanks, we have <laughs> but we have three points, three ways you can really stay relevant and show employers what you can do. But before we get there, Doreen, are there any other comments that we want to address and talk about? Yes, we have a lot of comment coming in here. And we have uh, Anita also, if you can read her comment, because I cannot see it in full here. Oh, yeah, this is a good comment. She says, obsolete until it is needed in the minds of hiring managers who have made up in their minds that they're going to hire who they're going to hire, regardless of what the posting says. It's a piece of paper. I get it. But just get the piece of paper is the message I'm telling my kids. Yeah. Sometimes depending on your field, sometimes you have to just get the piece of paper to play the game. But if you play the game and get the paper, but you don't keep your skills current, you'll find that you may get a job, but you may not keep a job. So yeah, sometimes you, you do have to unfortunately play the game. Yeah. And um, uh, here, um, Gerin also is saying, and it does equal to what Roberto was saying earlier. Times are different now, and I hate seeing people go hundreds uh, and hundreds of thousands in debt and come out with a bachelor's with a bachelor of arts. Uh, yep. Yeah, <laughs> that's yep. very true. But let's get back a few minutes to um, the question because this is a very important question here, and I know a lot of people don't know how to show their skills to hires, right? And the key here is to stand out from the crowd. Leverage the tools that are available to you for free, being online tools, being offline tools. So for example, LinkedIn for an online tool, networking or speaking up in meetings, right? For online strategy in order to First of all, let people know that you are there. <laughs> let them know that you exist because people, they don't know you and people are not waiting for you. Let me tell you this. No one is waiting for you. Okay. So you have to make them know who you are, what you do and what you are good at. This is how you showcase your skills to potential employers, to, pot to potential HR entrepreneurs. And listen to this. Now, 70%. 90%, so there are two stats here, 90%, 90, 90% of HR professionals looked, look at LinkedIn before inviting you for an interview. Just before inviting you for an interview, no matter how good is your resume, they will look at your LinkedIn. So do you showcase your skills in your LinkedIn profile, in the content that you put out there? That's the first one. The second one, 70 Seven zero percent of uh, employers are looking at the LinkedIn profiles of their employees, of their current employees, right? Okay. So you want to learn how to stand out from the crowd. And if you don't know how to do it, guess what? Uh, I have written a book just for you, Stand Out From The Crowd. It's a step-by-step -step process. Nothing fancy, nothing too, philosophy, like too philosophical very hands-on and, and uh, hands-on tips and uh, process that you can use and leverage to start showcasing yourself, your professional uh, experience, expertise, your skills, and stand out from the crowd in an environment that is packed and crowded, right? But here again, if we want to take LinkedIn as an example, um, 
only 9% now. So in 2020, we were 1%, and now we are 9%. It's more, but it's still very low to leverage LinkedIn to stand out from the crowd. So there is a huge opportunity for you to stand out from the crowd, knowing what to do the smart way and the right way. So get yourself a copy of this book, digital copy, physical copy, because there is everything that you need to do and to know in order to showcase your skills to hires. Okay? So now moving on to what we are talking about today. Here, ways employees can stay relevant and employed. So Rob, let's do it. Ooh, so the first way to stay relevant is, well, keep up with current technology. I mean, that it's pretty simple. I was reading an article in Forbes magazine that listed the top industries that would be interrupted by artificial intelligence. And it named logistics, cybersecurity, health care. So that means if you're a nurse or a doctor or a phlebotomist, uh, financial services, if you're in banking advertising, e-commerce, cloud computing, manufacturing. Imagine the manufacturing lines aren't what they used to be. So mm -hmm. there are several different industries that are going to be interrupted by technology, AI being one specific technology. But if you aren't aware of what some of the trends are from a technological standpoint, then you will be lost in the shuffle. I'll give you a really good example. I started work before there was real email. There was no Outlook and all that other good stuff. We use mainframe programs to send messages back and forth and not everyone had email. So I had to learn how to use email. And the first email we used was something called Lotus, Lotus Notes or something like that. Then we went to Outlook. There wasn't even Microsoft Excel. There was something called Lotus One Two Three. So I had to learn and teach myself how to use Excel. And I learned how to use both. And I was teaching people in the office how to transition from Lotus to Excel. So guess what? I became valuable in the workplace. So if you keep current with technology, then you're going to be more valuable wherever you work. Now, what's that second thing you need to do, Doreen? You got to keep current in your particular industry. Right. Because yeah. things are going to change in your industry, no matter what industry that is. Exactly. And, and, and we talked about, about it already. Right. Like your industry is evolving and will evolve no matter what. <laughs> this is how life is. <laughs> right. So, you know, I really don't understand now, especially now in 2023, when I still hear people say, say, you know, oh, but we have always done it this way or it was better back then. Who cares? Who cares what was better done back then and what you have been doing for the past 10 years, five years, three years? Like your industry is evolving, so you have to evolve. If you want to stick to the past, good luck, right? But then don't complain that, oh, you got fired or, you know, you are not evolving, you are not getting promoted. But are you doing what it takes on your side to get promoted, to get noticed, to showcase that you are relevant to your industry still today and that you will keep being relevant and staying relevant for the years to come, right? When you look at Rob, because he has been showcasing throughout like what he does in his specific industry, but also on the internet, on LinkedIn, that he learns and adjusts 
and adapt. So I have no doubt that when people look at him, industry professionals, they know that no matter what the trend will be six months from now, one year from now, he will be on that trend as well, because that's what he keeps doing. And it shows us that that's what he keeps doing, right? We know it, even though I know nothing about auditing, I know nothing about accounting, but I know that he is staying relevant to what he's supposed to know and to what he's supposed to do, right? So do you stand out from the crowd? That's the ultimate questions that you want to ask yourself. And do you do what you need to do to stay relevant to your company Ooh. now? Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was about to say, I was about to go into the third point because I was going to say, I'll give you the last point, which is a really good example. Discuss your accomplishments, not your degrees. And I'll give you several examples of that. I have a degree in accounting. I have a master's degree in business administration. I'm a certified public accountant, a certified internal auditor, a certified information systems auditor, a certified uh, something else. I've got a few other certifications, but you don't care about that as long as I can actually train your people. So I had someone call me recently or email me recently, and they said, we're thinking about hiring you to do a keynote speech. Do you have any video of you actually speaking? And unfortunately, I don't have that much video of me doing keynote speeches. But I sent them a couple of reels that I had, but then I sent them directly to all of the live stream shows that I do. So take a look at these and you'll see how I speak to people, what I'm about. They looked at that and they said, OK, let's talk. I'm talking to them next week. Now, I also provide training for auditors, but training just for organizations in general. I don't talk much about that because my niche area is auditors, but I can do training programs for anybody on anything. I use artificial intelligence to help people deliver training programs faster. So I use artificial people, artificial voices. You don't have to hire a voiceover artist. You don't have to prep in front of a camera. That's how I deliver training. People have looked at my LinkedIn profile and have seen some of the AI that I've used to create videos. And they say, can you come in and help us with our training programs for our organization? Social proof mm -hmm. trumps your degree any day in mm -hmm. most fields. Yes. And so let's look at a few comments here because we have a uh, um, very interesting comment. Uh, yeah, if you can read that one because I can read it in full. Ah, uh, yes, that's our friend Roberto. And that was a good comment. I was going to come back to that when he said, for instance, I'm 47 years old. My daughter is 19, a second year university student taking biotechnology. But I told her that perhaps after she would go to law school or medical school to avoid staying without a job, I don't want her to waste her time. If not, she should go now and uh oh, and learn. Hold on, my screen just jumped and learn how to drive a truck, because in five years, she will probably be a good truck driver to make a good living. Societies will always need truck drivers. Yeah. And, 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 you know, that's very interesting that you are bringing that perspective, Roberto, because this is not the kind of conversation that we are used to here. You know, when we associate success with university degree, being a lawyer, being a, a scientist, being all of this, I have never heard someone telling his daughter, like, you should become a truck driver. But when you look at, at it from a practicality point, this is very true, right? 
And truck driver, they make a lot of money too. They make a lot of money too. So <laughs> what do you associate success with? You know, it's important to do what you love, but it's important also to be clear on what do you associate success with because it will definitely have a big impact in the way you grow your career. Um, here we have another great comment from uh, Gail, if you can read it, please. Yeah, she says, I couldn't afford to go to college to, uh, to university, but I stayed relevant by getting international certifications in my career. She became a certified professional secretary, then a certified event planner. Oh, wow. And she is now a certified virtual trainer, as well as a certified instructional designer. Those plus the experience and testimonials show my clients that I am not a rinky dink consultant. I can attest to that. Yeah. She's not a rinky dink consultant. Now, yeah, this was a good comment from uh, uh, Garen. If I, there it is. Okay. He says, please, please, please use video to demonstrate your skills. We can see your personality, your thought process, how you sound, how you look. It's the best way to demonstrate who you are as a human, not just as a working employee. Yeah. Yeah. Because people, they do business and they hire people that they know, like, and trust, right? The know, like, and trust factor is very important in human interactions. And no matter where you come from, the degrees, the experience or not, people they do business with and they hire people they do know, uh, they know, like, and trust. So if you're not leveraging, again, social media, so let's focus on LinkedIn here to social proof your expertise, your skills, your experience, and who you are to showcase who you are as a person, then you are missing out. Uh, on a big opportunity to build your know, like, and trust factor. That's one of the main reasons why Rob and I, so Rob has a four a podcast. I have two podcasts and soon to be three, right? But we decided to do, yeah, but we decided to, to go live. We could have stayed home and, you know, record those conversations among us and then put it out there. But we decided to go live because here, first of all, it's an opportunity for for us to interact with you and we love having those conversations with you but on the other side it's because it allows us to showcase who we are as a person here this is not Doreen uh the the the, the coach this is not Robert the, the 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 audit guy but this is really who we are as a person right it's like we are having a conversation we are having those conversations the same way we have those conversations in 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 real life in private life so this is an opportunity to showcase some elements of who we are on a personal level in addition to who we are on the professional side of things right so videos live streams, no matter what's the format, you need to build your know, like, and trust factor. And again, if you don't know how to do that, the standard from the crowd, the book, gives you a step-by-step -step process to build your know, like, and trust factor. So you attract the right people to you and you create more and better opportunities for yourself. You know, I was listening to Grant Cardone this morning before going live on this show, and he was saying, Money follows attention. Money follows attention. And it is very true because when people see you, when they get to know you and to like and trust you, they want to do business with you. 
They want to work with you. So money follows attention. The more you are being seen the right way and the more you are attracting people and opportunities and the more you are making money. Even though it's not the topics of today's conversation, this is common sense. The equation is quite simple. So stop to overthink about it and do whatever it takes to uh, you know, make it happen for yourself and 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 for your family. Uh, what else here? Kinton say hello. Kinton say love it, and we love it too. <laughs> so that's all for us today. Uh, is there any notes, any things that you would like to add before we wrap up, Rob? Keep learning. Keep learning. Keep learning. Keep reading. Keep reading, keep following people on social media who feed you with, who bring you value, who feed you with knowledge, who feed you with different perspective. Keep learning. This is very important. So you, you, you stay safe. <laughs> you take care. And uh, we will see you next week for another live episode of Good Morning LinkedIn. Peace out.